The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the UN General Assembly continues in New York today with the potentially explosive sitting of the UN Security Council. Uh, climate will also take centre stage today. Uh, well, the UN will also discuss how to prepare for future pandemics. Now, in New York is our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, who joins me now. Sean, good morning. Morning, Pat. Let's first of all talk about climate and that major summit, but some absentees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's been a lot of talk about the big names that are missing from this week in general. You know, Prime Minister Modi from, from India isn't here. Macron isn't here. Uh, and the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak hasn't been here either. And there was a lot of talk earlier in the week as to why that might be. And now it's sort of emerging or certainly all the rumour on the ground is it's because of climate. And in particular, a BBC report that came out yesterday that suggested that Rishi Sunak is on the verge of walking back and weakening some of his key uh, green commitments uh, for example, the, the you know delaying the ban on new petrol and diesel cars coming in on phasing out gas boilers, and we know this is part of a trend with the British. They are also in the last few weeks announced an expansion to max out, as they said, at their oil and gas developments, and they fought the the by election to replace Boris Johnson in Uxbridge on a really you know an anti uh, expansion of the congestion charge zone in London. So there's sort of a weakening of the green credentials in London. And the speculation here is that because of that, and because it's been such a big focus on climate from the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres down through all the speeches here, that the, the British were basically offered a much uh, less prime spot in the speaking order on the General Assembly and were sort of snubbed down to the bottom because of the message they were sending and how different it is from the past. So Rishi Sunak isn't here, but that announcement obviously from him is, is imminent. And yesterday I spoke to the Climate Minister Eamon Ryan for uh, an exclusive episode of the Let Me Explain podcast, which is out now this morning on, on this and a number of climate issues, including what he's going to say at the summit today. And I just put to him, look, is this worrying? Our nearest neighbour is reneging, seemingly for political reasons, to sort of get an end to something, anything, to address the slide that the Conservatives have seen. Uh, is it worrying that we're seeing that from our nearest neighbour, Ireland? Politically very risky too, because I think actually in the UK, same in Ireland, that beneath it, while people are concerned about those loads of issues and you know making getting through to the end of the week and everything uh, rather than the end of the planet being, but actually, I think the vast majority of Irish people and people in Britain understand the uh, risk and want to protect the future for their children. And I think if a government really turned against that green agenda, well, firstly, there's two or three risks in downside. Firstly, I think you'd lose the public because they rightly want to protect their children's future. But secondly. The world's going this way. I mean, every single speech here has been talking about climate. Every single speaker has recognised we're going to have to invest in the new, different alternative economy. Like, if the UK wasn't going to do that, so what are you going to do? You're going to be good at making Hillman Hunters from the 70s and burning coal and kind of, you know, where's that for, for an economic future? I think that you'd be dead in the water if you took that path. Uh, that was Eamon Ryan uh, talking about the Brits. Um, what are they hoping to achieve, though, with this uh, climate debate this week beyond more talking, more <laughs> hot air, or hmm. will there be any new pledges? Yeah, it's always hard not to be cynical about these things, isn't it? Because we've had so many different summits between COPs and between UN summits that just have led to more talking and not a whole lot of action. And that's kind of on the agenda from particularly the smaller island nations, the Pacific island nations who have seen 
100 billion euro in climate finance pledged since 2015, since the Paris Climate Accords, and are really struggling to get at it. And climate finance is a really big focus this week. So some of those island nations, for example, it's quite interesting where the poorer ones, the ones who are quite worse off, they can get access to grant funding from, from more developed countries quite easily. But the ones like, you know, Barbados or some of these economies that actually have a really strong tourism element are doing pretty okay GDP-wise, have a real struggle because they mm. don't qualify for that sort of grant funding. And then if they go look to borrow it from the likes of the, you know, the IMF or the World Bank, in some cases they're facing interest rates of between 15 and 30 percent and there's a big penalty converting their currency to, to sort of international currency so that's up for discussion this week and both the IMF and the World Bank are here uh, to try and do that and they're also talking interesting about the different kinds of gases and how they can be tackled uh, you know methane versus co2 for example that methane is a much more potent greenhouse gas but it stays in the atmosphere longer so maybe is, is the focus should the focus be on or it stays in the atmosphere for a shorter amount of time than co2 should the focus be on methane cut that down to get sort of quick results in the next 20 to 30 years rather than all the focus being on co2 which is going to be in the atmosphere for, for centuries potentially now yesterday president vladimir zelensky of ukraine addressed the un and of course there'll be a big security council meeting later on today. Yeah, absolutely. So there, this is potentially going to be a massive showdown because uh, Vladimir Zelensky is addressing the Security Council personally, and so is Sergei Lavrov. It would potentially be the first time that those two men are in a room since the war broke out. Now, you, you would imagine or you would expect perhaps the Russian delegation will manage it so that doesn't happen or try to engineer it. Certainly last year, Lavrov, um, I remember from being there, just came in and left. He gave a speech, dropped the mic and went, and everyone else then uh, obviously shouting in his wake, but particularly interesting in the, in the wake of Vladimir Zelensky's speech yesterday. He was talking about disarmaments and talking about nuclear weapons in the past when they were sort of taken away from Ukraine post-Cold War, how they were given to Russia. And he, he described it as giving nukes to terrorists in the end, questioned why Russia still has a seat at the big democratic table. And it's interesting, a lot of the first world countries here have had real trouble getting a meeting with Zelensky this week because that's not where he's focusing his attention. He's focusing on Africa, on some of the other countries that have their own issues and maybe their support for Ukraine is is, um, wavering might be too strong, but it, it is not as strong as it is elsewhere. We know among the developed nations, it's pretty well still there. There were protests outside the UN calling for more weapons to be given from the Americans. And I did put it to Leo Varadkar, to the teacher when he was speaking to us yesterday. Is there a bit of backsliding in the support now that this war is dragging towards the second year? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think that. Um, but I, I do think inevitably there is a bit of fatigue. Um, there's no fatigue from Ireland and the European Union when it comes to uh, our support for U the Ukraine. That's as strong as ever. Um, but as people in other parts of the world would point out to us, uh, and rightly so, that there are other wars in the world and there are other humanitarian crises, and they want us to not lose sight of them. And I think that's a fair point. All right. Now, this week we had the Taoiseach, the Taunished, uh, the Green Leader, the Minister for Health all out in New York at the UN. And meantime, while they're away, President Michael D. Higgins has a right go at the UN at the ploughing. More than more, the United Nations is falling, is losing credibility. It is unable to stop war. It is unable to win famine. It is unable to stop conflicts. It's unable to manage migration. So there's Michael D. Uh, what ripples will that have, Sean? Yeah, tell us how you really feel uh, from the president, isn't it? It was interesting. We put it to all of the ministers who were here yesterday and they all sort of danced around it, trying not to 
have any sort of uh, head-to-head with the president, but all ultimately saying the same thing, that they disagree, basically. They think the UN uh, has a big role to play and Ireland plays a, a, a big role in that. Uh, here's what Tónaiste and Foreign Affairs Minister Michal Martin had to say, while, while very tactfully uh, trying not to insult the president back. It is far from irrelevant. It is very relevant to the lives of ordinary people all over Africa, all over the Middle East, and Latin America and Asia and across the globe. The Security Council needs reform, and I would agree that the United Nations needs reform. I was heartened by the comments of President Biden this morning that America was up for reform of the Security Council, and in particular expansion of its membership, and and the point that it needs new voices and it needs new perspectives. Uh, G20 seemed to indicate the same. Uh, You know, we have countries like India, Brazil and others uh, that have been uh, locked out of the Security Council for far too long. In many respects, the Security Council represents the post-World War II uh, world order. The world has changed dramatically since then. So there is paralysis and gridlock within the Security Council. But I think we must broaden and understand that the United Nations is much more than just the Security Council. It has a range of agencies that it re- genuinely is having impact. Mm, and that's Tonish uh, Mihol Martin. Uh, finally and briefly, I mentioned the Minister for Health uh, over there. What's happening at the Health Summit? Yeah, his first day here, a load of health summits going on today, one in particular around AIDS and the UN combating that, but also one that's going to be interesting. We might talk about it a bit tomorrow on uh, pandemic prevention, preparedness and response. What is the future of the next pandemic going to be? They don't think it will be a one in a hundred year event uh, as it was the last time. So where may it come from and what can we do to be a bit better prepared than we were for COVID? We look forward to hearing from you tomorrow. Sean Defoe, our political correspondent. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.